the crunch, the feel, and the fabric of our lives. Cotton and goldfish. Welcome, everyone, to Respawn Aim Fire, the Kick-Ass Reverend Gaming Podcast, brought to you by Affable Idiots. Adam, you look confused. It's the goldfish mixed with the jingle for cotton. The touch, the feel, the fabric of our lives. Cotton. Don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about? All right. You ever no. worn cotton underwear? I have. You ever gotten swamp pants with cotton underwear? <laughs> no, because it's such a good material. Welcome, everyone. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michael, munching on some goldies in us. We've got over here a completely brand new host, never before seen before, some guy who's in Adam's chair. Who are you, Adam? Well, you just gave up the surprise. Yes, it's me for audio listeners. Well, if you've only listened to audio, you would never know. I had dreads that went below the middle of my back, and now I have no hair at all. Oh, we can hear the dreads. Yeah. Every time you turned anymore. your head, it was like wind chimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gone now. Just a beard, just a bald beard boy now. It's you are yeah, you look like a completely different person. Yeah. It's what it looks good though. Thank you very much. And then joining us, our RAF regular, Alex. Marsha, mm, Marsha, Marsha. Damn it, I used that joke last time. Cozina. How are you? Did Alex? you? I honestly don't remember. I'm doing pretty good. I'll say this right here, right now. Goldfish are one of those snacks that I have tried over the months and years that have made up my life to are you about genuinely about really goldfish? enjoy. I don't dislike them. I don't hate them, but I've never had a packet of goldfish, a good old scoop of the hand of them fishy crackers and been like, oh man, this is excellent. I've always been like, this is all right. They're not, I could go they're for not a supposed better to have cracker. a fishy flavor. They're not fishy crackers. They're cheese. I, I know. I, I know. And even then, I'm expecting like, seafood. You're going to be disappointed. I know, and I'm saying that I have had better cheesy crackers. I think wow. that there are many better cheesy crackers out there. Wow! Oh, I had better pretzel crackers though, because the pretzel goldfish or the flavor blasted. Ooh, that boy had an orgasm. There are definitely a lot of like seasonal, like exclusive goldfish flavors that are definitely only available in the United States. Uh, alas, as a Canadian, I don't get as many varieties, so maybe I need to just explore the spectrum a little bit. But the problem is, is that like, you know, you you pick up like your standard Oreo flavor. That's just the two like little, you know, chocolate uh, cookie wafers with uh, some white cream in the middle of them. That tastes really good on its own. There's nothing that really compares to it, even if it's not necessarily the best type of Oreo. I feel like the standard goldfish has to like hold up on its own in the same way and i really don't feel like it quite does i don't like artificial cheddar so wow i don't like basic goldfish this will be the last episode of respawn aim fire i'm disbanding us oh uh, damn we are no longer friends but the Romans pretzel goldfish podcast is coming next week <laughs> mm -mm -mm. if i could get my hands on some pretzel goldfish i would contribute to that but it's up to you guys well Today we're not talking about goldfish. You will hear me. Hey, I'm gonna ASMR this right now. Mm. Didn't really, didn't really come through a lot on my end. Yeah, it's gotta be honest with you. It'll be on the recording. It'll be on the recording. Uh, but we're gonna talk about a lot of things today. The biggest headline item is actually what we're gonna start with. After I tell you where you can find us, twitchtv idiots, most Sunday evenings at 8:30 p.m. Eastern time. We are a day late this time, however. Doesn't matter. Suck it. And then on uh, YouTube and podcast services, you can find us Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. 
we are going to be talking about quite a few things today, but we're going to start with the biggest thing, our main quest. Nintendo plans to keep giving you Zelda you want, says Darren Bonthuis at GameSpot.com. Here's the news. Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are considered to be the series-defining entries alongside classic Zelda games like Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past. And in the future, you can likely expect even more open-world Zelda games, according to producer Eiji Aonuma. Speaking to Game Informer, Aonuma explained that Breath of the Wild set a new precedent for Zelda games. Quote, of course, the series continued to evolve after Ocarina of Time, but I think it's also fair to say now that we've arrived at Breath of the Wild and the new type of more open play and freedom that it affords. Yeah, I think it's correct to say that it's created a new kind of format for the series to proceed from. Wow. So yeah, it looks like Breath of the Wild, whether that is a good thing or a bad thing to you, is the future for the format of Zelda beyond seemingly Tears of the Kingdom. And we're going to use that to just jump right into talking about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, because I know that I have played some of it. I know that Alex has played some mm -hmm. of it. We've got mm -hmm. a unique little take here on it. We are people who have traditionally badmouthed Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. Alex has recently turned a corner on it, and he does enjoy it now. But but traditionally, we've badmouthed it. So here's our takes on it. I'm going to start with Alex. I know you've played a lot of this game. Tell sure. me about your feelings so far on Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So I'm about four possibly five hours into the game and thus far i have been enjoying it quite a bit you know even after enjoying uh breath of the wild as much as i did i'm not ready yet to say oh man that game's one of my favorite games of all time nor am i ready yet to say that tears of the kingdom is one of my favorite games of all time historically my favorite games of all time have been games that i've had to kind of uh let sit and marinate and you know fully blossom and mature uh, into my favorite games in my mind over the course of many weeks and months and i'm sure this will be the same for these two games um Thus far, though, the game is just really special. It, just using Ultra Hand and all the other new abilities to create whatever it is that my mind so desires is a whole lot of fun. Um, and I am just incredibly surprised with like how much new stuff there is to do in uh, the game's open world and just like how different it feels from Breath of the Wild. A, a criticism that you've seen some shit disturbers throwing at this game is, oh man, it's just the same map as before. And it's like, I pretty exhaustively scoured every inch of Breath of the Wild's map over the course of the past month. And this feels like quite substantially different from what I experienced there. There are a lot of like, like key landmarks and whatnot that uh definitely are not all that much changed from its predecessor but like by and large like this is a substantially uh different game from what we got before uh i have a few more thoughts to share uh but before i get into those chat like are you feeling on the same wavelength about how different or not different it feels like where are you at so i started the game on um uh, saturday morning i didn't even plan to buy it i didn't even plan to buy it at launch but seeing all the reviews and everything like that, I was like, God, ah, I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to because it is a landmark in gaming. Um, so I bought it, played like probably two hours on Saturday morning. And I was like, I was like, oh, am I going to have to force myself to do this game again? Am I going to have to force my way through this? I was not, I was not having a good time. 
And then I took a couple hours of break and took the dog to the park, all this kind of stuff. And I came back to it and I said, Chad, you need to check your bias at the door. I was coming into it looking for reasons to hate it. And I recognized that in myself. I was like, I, I, oh, I saw that thing. That's crap. Oh, that texture looks gross. Oh, that's more of the same of blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, how about you change your, your perspective and you just look for reasons to really enjoy this and find out what you like about it. Uh, so then I played it for a few more hours on Saturday afternoon and I was like, you know what? Damn, I'm kind of into this game. I'm kind of into this game. I'm, I'm surprised a little bit because I did play and beat Breath of the Wild. I got all four of the Divine Beasts. I met all four of the champions, even the Jackass Bird one. And I, I was not really super into that game. I found it really boring. But this game, what I found is that there are mysteries that I am like genuinely interested in, in learning about. And so, like, seeing, I'm not going to spoil anything story-wise, but, like, seeing what's going on with Zelda and, and that mystery there. Seeing what's going on with the townspeople around the, the land of Hyrule and, and what they're kind of concerned about the landscape and all that kind of stuff. All the transformations that are happening. Like, that kind of stuff is actually genuinely interesting to me. Um, and so, I'm finding myself wanting to go from quest to quest. But I'm also trying to keep myself from going to shrine to shrine. Like, I'm, I'm not saying, ooh, there's a shrine over there. I'm going to go to that one. Ooh, and then from that one, I see another shrine. I'm going to go to that one. Because that's kind of what, I don't know, in most open world games, that's what causes me to, to lose it. Even, excuse me, even Hogwarts Legacy, I kind of lost myself in all of that, too. Mm. So I, I am, I am, there are still parts of the game to me that feel like they have not improved in a way that I would like them to. Like, for instance... I go out of my way to find treasure chests. I'm like, oh, there's a treasure treasure chest over there. Let me figure out how to get to it. And then I get to it and it is an opal. Or I, you know, find the secret chest in a shrine and it's like, or not secret, but like, you know, the extra puzzle chest in a shrine. And it's like, it's a topaz or a bundle of five arrows or something super lame. Um, but I have come to realize about myself that I am the type of person who I see something in the distance or I see something on the horizon or a carrot at the end of the stick. And I'm the kind of person who's like, Ooh, I want to, I want to figure out what that is. That looks interesting. I want to go there and I have some kind of surprise and delight moment or something really cool. And there are other types of people who say, Ooh, I want to go over there. And getting to that is the joy for me. Figuring out how I get mm -hmm. to that point is the joy for me. Whereas personally, I'm the kind of person who's like, whatever's at the other end has to be joyful for me. I don't like the figuring out how to get their moment or type of, of thing in this game. Uh, solving the puzzle brings me no gratification. The ultra hand ability is, is like, it's a little more cumbersome. That It takes just like, just, just enough too long for me to assemble something for it to be I, satisfying. Um, so like, I don't get any kind of gratification from solving a puzzle. I want the thing at the end of the puzzle. That's what's gratifying for me. Mm. And for now, it's the story that's keeping me on there. And knowing that there are unique bosses at the end of these cool dungeons that are coming. Like, those are the types of things, the carrots on the end of the stick. I'm not so much into, like, let me build a cool pelican wooden frame or let me build a Trojan horse and roll it down a hill and hit a goblin. Like, that's not the thing that keeps me going. But I realize that that's what most people who really, really fucking love this yeah. game, it's like, oh, that's what they're into it for. And I'm just not that type of person. So I'm positive on it. I see, I see the good points, and I'm I'm interested. And there's the mystery to it that uh, I have found myself. Over, I haven't played it in 
Uh, maybe about 24 hours, and I have found myself thinking about it several times, like, oh, do I, do I just quit work early today and uh, maybe play a little bit of Breath of the Wild? Or not Breath of the Tears of the Kingdom? Should so I quit I, my job? <laughs> do, I, do I just quit my job so I can play an extra hour of Zelda? So I, I found myself thinking about it. So generally, I'm feeling positive about it. Yeah, with me, it's a, a little bit uh, of both the carrot and the stick. We're like, I think that the rewards that this game has hovered in front of me, things to kind of aspire for, have all been like consistently way more interesting than they were in Breath of the Wild. At the same time, I've gotten a lot of joy out of using Ultra Hand and a lot of those new abilities. I don't disagree, Chad, that Ultra Hand can be a little bit cumbersome at times. There's definitely a little bit of a learning curve to figuring out exactly how to assemble some of those wacky contraptions in a way that works. Let but me let me pause real I quick and tell you work, why I hate Ultra Hand. It's uh -oh. just because I've been scorned by it three times. <laughs> I can't tell you. The one time I spent, I was on a little sky island. I made a raft because there were materials on the island and I could see on another island down below. This is all in the first area. On another island down below, there's a big lake that I had to cross. I was like, cool. I'm going to assemble a raft up here. I spent probably three or four minutes assembling that raft. I'm going to hook it to this contraption that puts it on this wire to take it across to the other island. I did all that, got it down there, put it in the lake, and it immediately just flew away from me. <laughs> and I lost my raft, and I couldn't get to it. And then the same thing happened later. I was I found a little mine cart, and there was a track for it. I was like, ooh, I know what to do here. I'm going to... I'll put a fan on the back of it. And there were some rocks blocking the way. And so I was like, totally right, get that. I was beating the rocks. And while I was beating the rocks, I accidentally hit the fan to turn it on. And my minecart flew off into the distance. I never saw it again. And I was just like, I spent so long crafting these things. And they all just flew away from me. And I hated it. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, that's unfortunately just part of the game. And I, I sympathize with your troubles over that. But, like, man, I've gotten so much joy and pleasure from it. Uh, of course, we've all seen, by this point, probably tons of videos of people making crazy, super impressive attractions. I've seen videos of people that have made, like, trucks, people that have made, like, functioning mechs and other crazy yeah. appliances. Some of my favorite videos, though, on Twitter have been the people that have used the Ultra Hand to make, like things that don't really serve super practical purposes, but that are still very fun to look at, such as one of the biggest things that's currently sweeping through are the Korok crucifixion, uh, the Korok uh, crucifixions. That is a hard word to say, but uh, I just shared with you a video of a person that crucified a Korok to a like horse-drawn carriage and is taking him through Hyrule right now as a warning to all the Koroks out there not to... <laughs> Oh get uh, lost astray. Great stuff. Uh, we'll say this uh, with regards to Ultran. We are really just getting deep into Zelda here right now. Um, of course, shrines return in this game. Uh, they're a little bit different in appearance uh, from the old shrines from uh, Breath of the Wild, but they have a very similar functionality where you beat them, you get a little like light item thingy, and you can eventually turn in a bunch of those to get more heart containers or stamina containers. So far, there is part of me that feels a little bit miffed over the fact that so many of them are so ultra hand heavy. You know, you, you get yeah. a, a couple of other powers at the beginning of the game, much like how at the beginning of Breath of the Wild, you get a couple of powers there, Magnesis, Stasis, uh, Cryonesis, the, like the ice power and stuff. And so far, it feels like most of the stuff has been a little bit too ultra hand focused. And I hope that future uh temples in the game give a little bit more love towards the other powers um real quick i do also want to return 
to what you were saying at the very beginning of your thoughts on the game, Chad, about, you know, appreciating how much more story there is in this game this time around. Like, it really feels like it really feels like the developers took to heart the criticism that so many of us had of Breath of the Wild, that it was so story light. You know, in Breath of the Wild, after the ghost of the King of Hyrule, slight spoilers for a six-year-old game, uh, reveals to you the kind of like basic timeline of events that led up to the calamity uh that basically kind of set the uh tone for breath of the wild setting after all that happens breath of the wild really doesn't like have a whole lot more to offer in the story department so many of the like cutscenes and memories that uh the game rolls out after that big opening monologue don't really kind of like show a whole, whole lot more to the story uh, other than what you already learn and know and i, I was very impressed you know uh, early on uh, it seems like the game is uh, kind of gearing itself up to do a very similar kind of tell-all cutscene in which a certain character who will go unnamed like reveals like what's currently going on with the kind of backstory of the world you're in and that moment doesn't happen and you come out of it being like man I have way more questions and answers way more so than I had at the beginning of Breath of the Wild I don't know what the hell is going on with characters X, Y, and Z. And I'm really loving that because I feel like it could have been so easy for Nintendo have been like, we're just going to keep the story simple this time around. Ultimately, Breath of the Wild succeeded in spite of its story being kept simple. And so we can do the same thing again here. Uh, but they didn't. It really seems like they went out of their way to craft something much more meticulous. And I am all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, what are your thoughts on uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom so far? I've got two things. Well, of course, I haven't played it. Let's be silly. Actually, three things. One, if it maybe happens to, you know, someone brings it over for preservation to be emulated, like every Nintendo game has been, uh, maybe I'll check it out then. I want to play it with They bots. definitely have done that for <laughs> quite oh, a few one already? weeks now. It, it it like really substantially leaked like multiple weeks before mm, gotcha. it wow. released. You, you could have been playing this game before either of us. It's for preservation, you know? That's all it's about. Um, <laughs> so maybe one day I'll actually play it on PC. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I have two things. First of all, Alex mentioned all the, the stuff going around on TikTok and, and Twitter and stuff. You did not mention the big tall wood man with balls and a dick that you shoot an arrow <laughs> at. Yep. And then he explodes. Yeah, and the Great. dick that spews fire. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um and I have a question about all the abilities and stuff. It's like Breath of the Wild, where after the first couple hours, you just have everything and you play the game and you do whatever, right? How does crafting work? Do you just carry around rocket pads in your backpack randomly? Like, I don't understand, like, I'm going to make a raft. How? You, yeah, so you have materials that are basically everywhere you need them to be. There's a, there's a, a clever guise of like there's a Hyrule rebuilding project going on, which is why right. there's construction materials everywhere. But then there are yeah. also the Z uh, Zenonia. Is that the name of the Zenonian? What is Zonai? Zonai. Z o n a i. There are these Zonai machines that are everywhere: fans, rockets, all of these kind of things that you'll definitely find a lot on the Sky Islands, and then a little bit in Hyrule. So those are usually strategically placed just kind of on the ground around places where you might need to use them. But there's also a system where you can turn in pieces of Zonai scrap and you can get 
little capsule versions, like like a, a gotcha machine where you put in a quarter and you turn and a little capsule comes out. And there, yeah, you can carry around with you a fan that you can at any time just deploy onto the ground. And uh, so you can carry around a bunch of different types of items as well. Gotcha. I was wondering, was like, I'm, I'm like, I, I, it should be in the inventory because, like, you know, if I want to put 17 fans on a horse-shaped object and pretend to be, you know, the Trojans, I want to be able to just pop that out of my backpack. Yeah, which cool. is another thing that somebody built on Twitter, which was really funny. Which is really fun. I will just say, last thing, nuts and bolts. I called it. Everyone respect. Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts. <laughs> Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts. Saying it's great. That would be an interesting game to play on a future Barf episode, actually. Like, going back to that game and being like, did we give this a bad shake back in the day? Were we so incensed by the fact that it wasn't a pure Banjo-Kazooie 3 that we kind of ignored the ways in which it was very forward-thinking? Who knows? I will tell you, while I'm not while I'm not huge into building with Ultra Hand, one ability that I do really like is the Fuse ability. This is the one where you just, like, mm. take a lot of random crap and you can fuse it to a weapon or a shield or something like that. Um, so I've, I've found myself, I, f I hated the weapons in breath of the wild. Like most of them didn't do much of anything outside of just being a sword or being a stick. And then they just broke. But in this, you can take like a, a buck hoblin fang or something like that, or you can take a Lizalfo's fire thing and you can just attach it to a sword. You can attach it to a skeleton arm that you're carrying around. You can attach it to anything. And it just like, instantly upgrades that item it might grant it special abilities and that kind of stuff uh and while yes they do still break after a little bit of time like these materials are plentiful enough that like i feel like you're constantly crafting cool new things to use too so i'm i'm really into the fuse ability and yeah. uh ascend the, is cool um, too i like ascension but i wish that like that's the one where you can like push a button and you basically just zoom up yeah. into whatever it is it's and come out the other an end. an incredibly useful ability that is so easy to forget about. Yeah. My issue is that, like, it the way that they pitched it is they're like, as long as there's something above you, you can go into it. But it really does have, like, a ceiling. Like, if it's more than, I don't know, 15 feet above your head, you can't use Ascension. Um, mm. So that, that was one kind of bummer that I found out with it. But aside from that, I am enjoying these abilities more than I was enjoying the breath of the wild like you know just different shapes of bombs and whatever the hell else you did in breath of the wild i like these ability uh, and the recall ability the like turn back time ability yeah. i found a lot of puzzles that use that too Ooh, i'll definitely have to find those then because that ability another very underrated ability that i feel like in my experience playing the game so far i've not had many uses of it so i'm looking forward to that in in gameplay, I found that these things are a lot more selective than they make you like they say you can fuse anything to anything. And it's like, well, I can't really fuse grass on the ground. Like it has to be a, a, a consumable item that you sure. find on the ground to fuse. And then also like the recall ability, like a um a big buck hoblin boss threw a boulder at me, and before the boulder hit me, I stopped time and then reversed it so that the boulder went back and hit him instead. Didn't do it, almost any damage to him. Like it was, it did a little bit of damage. Didn't even make it worth it, basically, to use the ability. But then he threw, he picked up one of the other enemies and threw the enemy at me, and I couldn't use the recall ability on that. Like the enemy mm. was not recallable; just the boulder uh, was. I was like, oh man, I wish it wasn't as selective as it was. I've not done a whole lot of research into this game, so if this is patently false, somebody can let me know. But I wonder if that's like an upgrade that you can obtain, because if I recall oh, I correctly, know. in 
in Breath of the Wild, you couldn't freeze enemies with the time-stopping power until you upgraded that power. So maybe maybe the solution to your problem is still yet ahead of you. Maybe, perhaps. Before we move on to any other playtime uh, stuff, do we have any other final thoughts real quick on Tears of the Kingdom? I'm sure we'll have more impressions as we play the game a lot more over the next few weeks, but anything else to say today? I do want to real quick go back to the article that we referenced at the top um you know i i still am very nostalgic for the older style of zelda game that was you know not as open as these past two games have been but i again i'm so impressed with just how fresh this game feels despite you know ostensibly being set in the exact same world as breath of the wild and so i'm definitely open incredibly open to whatever it is that they come out next in this kind of open world style of Zelda game. Um, but hopefully they'll leave enough room, uh, enough uh, room in the door to slot in a slightly more classic Zelda here and there. Maybe we can get another uh, Link's Awakening S game at some point in between them. I would love that. All right. Uh, there is a little bit of an audio issue happening where uh -oh. you all sound like robots to me. I think it's just a Discord thing because both of you sound like robots a little bit. Uh -oh. um, I wanted to wait till after this discussion so we didn't break it in the middle. I'm going to go to a hold slide real quick and then I'm going to leave the Discord call and come back and see if that fixes it. All right. It's just, oh, okay. All right, we're well. back. Oh, yep, and then I come back to this and, okay, it's still there. I think it's going to be fine well, in the recording. And we're back. It's just yeah. going to be on Twitch. It's going to sound weird, uh, but nobody watches it. Well, we have a few people who watch it live on Twitch, but nobody watches it like video on demand on Twitch. Hey, we don't want to put ourselves down too much. We need to act like right, we are right. super duper popular. Speaking of being popular, though, I was and we're for the future of people. We are we are looking at migrating hosting services for our podcast. And I was going back into we currently host on SoundCloud just because that's what we've done for five years. And I was like, damn, we've gotten we're up like maybe 50 percent in our listens for uh, the last few weeks. I was like, oh, that thing is good. And I'm going to look at our YouTube stuff. And Adam, your uh, your reviews, your last like four or five reviews are some of our most viewed videos of all time. So it's pretty dope. Mm -hmm. Look at us making moves, doing big uh, yeah. time. You know what it is? It's all the poop jokes and the bald men. All really popular. the poop. All the poop. Every poops. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about poop in reference, but we're going to call it Korok seeds from now on. So like, I got to go drop a couple Korok seeds. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, let's talk more about um, games that we have played. Playtime. Alex, you are playing a game that I, aside from Tears of the Kingdom, you are playing a game yeah. that came out a long time ago, several years ago, that I still keep seeing in headlines everywhere. Tell me about this game and why it's relevant today. Like, Why are people still writing and talking about it? <laughs> Yeah, so over the course of the past week or so, I mostly just played Tears of the Kingdom, except except for two hours on Saturday with another one of my super secret Discord friend groups. Uh, <laughs> I jumped into Sky for a little bit. Sky, the uh, most recent game from that game company, as well as the only game that that game company has put out since uh, the release of Journey in 2012, I don't particularly like Sky. I don't think it's an absolutely horrible game, but it just feels like what happens when you spend a decade trying to develop a sequel to one of the most beloved indie games of all time, and you try to incorporate weird 
mishmashy games as a service elements into it and you try to make it multiplayer but it's very difficult to squat up with other people uh while playing multiplayer and you end up spending two hours not being able to do so all right what platform are you playing it on i was playing it on my switch which it it looked and ran fine i i suspect if i wanted the most optimal experience i probably should have played it on my playstation 5 but yeah, this game was just it was, it was just kind of a wash. I don't particularly recommend it. Maybe you'll find Dang. some maybe you'll find some joy to be had in it. It, it. it definitely is again a pretty pretty looking game that definitely has a lot of those like mechanics and systems that uh, uh, we all knew and loved back in Journey back in 2012. But I don't know the the entire experience just really didn't do it for me. I remember this game. I'm pretty sure the like world reveal of it was at an Apple press conference right. where they revealed the Apple TV, like the new version of the Apple TV that has the yeah. app store and you could it play the game with a remote, yeah. like with a touchpad remote, like a, a TV remote. Mm. How does the, how does the control transfer over to switch? Does it feel like it was actually meant to be played on that platform or does it feel like, Oh no, I should have been playing on this on a weird Siri remote or a touchscreen. I don't know. It, Again, it's like control wise, very reminiscent of Journey. Okay. Um, I can see how like there are like a lot of like like flight based powers that you have in the game that I can see how maybe on a touchpad this could have felt a little bit more intuitive. Ultimately, though, like I just I, I can't see myself like picking up the iOS version of this game and being like, oh, man, everything fits into place right now. This feels excellent to control. Got it. Adam, you are literally always brushing your beard now. You <laughs> 100% of the time. Never stop, never stopping. Tell me about what you played, Adam. Yeah, I played Beard Comer Simulator 2013. <laughs> it's a throwback, but it's good. No, I played nothing too crazy because what I did, I honestly did spend the weekend cutting my hair and dealing with that. Like I had to learn how to do it. So I did it all myself. What, uh, what um, drove you to cut your hair? It's summertime, it's so summer. it's hot. Yeah, but I'm used to it being hot. But I also, so dreadlocks need to get retwisted, otherwise your roots get messy and like your hair gets thin and shit. And I had to retwist in like eight or nine months, so it's like, well, my hair's starting to look frazzled at the bottom, uh, and it's summertime, and I'm the one doing my own hair, so fucking get rid of it. Don't even care. Is what it is. It's easier, and I wanted a new look. You know, I wanted to be little school great. kids. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, what did I play? All right, so. I'm going to start. What does that mean? Oh, yeah. I 100%ed Jedi Survivor. Ooh. Um, I know I said that I'd beat it last time, I think. And I said I was going to yeah. try to finish it. But I have officially all the achievements, 1,000%, whatever the fuck it is. Would be a platinum if it was on PlayStation. Um, and then start a new game plus. Man, good game. Really good game. So I was like, I'm talking about it. It's awesome. Um, Fortnite. I booted it up. Here's what I did. I do this. Once a year, I booted up Fortnite because they're having a Star Wars event where you can like unlock Darth Maul and da 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 da. And I went on the store and I said, "Hey, there's some skins in here that I don't own." Uh, and I bought a couple of Star Wars skins. And I will eventually go back and play. I didn't play the game. <laughs> I just turned it on, <laughs> bought the skins, and I'll come back and do the quest later to get Darth Maul. Just because if there's Star Wars oh, and Fortnite, I gotta pay for it. You Darth know? Maul is one of those like season pass rewards. 
Yeah, it's like a mini season, like in the middle. It's like three weeks long, and it's like do this stuff to get malls. So I'll have to do that before it goes away. Um, but yeah, I just bought skins and then really unlock stuff because I'm an idiot. And then up here at the top, Marvel's Midnight Suns, the last DLC came out. Mm-hmm. Storm, it's the last character. Um, so I played that, and then I started a new game plus because I have every character now. I've beaten every story, and I'm going back at the beginning and just playing through it again. So, have they confirmed that now that this DLC is out, like that's that's it? There are no more characters coming, or they're like, this is only wave one of DLC. No, this seems like it's going to be it. It also dropped on uh, Xbox One and PS4 the same day that Storm came out. So, and those versions have all the DLC included. So it seems like this is it. We put it on last gen. They canceled the Switch version. <laughs> they're like, not going to happen. <laughs> um, and and everything's out for it now. So I'm having fun with that. Um, it kind of sucks. I wish it had sold better so we'd have got more stuff from it, but whatever's there I like, so that's all good. It's a game no that biggie. I keep telling myself i got to go back to. I have I have in the GG app like a long list of just games from last year that I want to get back to. Hmm. It's like Plague Tale Requiem and a bunch of shit, and it's like... God, Man. I need to go back to Plague Tale, too. Yeah. I, played, I yeah. played a couple hours and didn't finish it. I but, set up yeah. my GG app like a couple of years ago, and like I have not updated it in forever. I yeah, I go back do like that every every four or five months. I'm like, oh yeah, this app exists. Let me go back and like plug in a couple things that I've done so far. And... Yeah, but that's it. I was like, uh, I know Zelda's out, and that's the big thing. I don't have a Switch to play Zelda now. I can you know, preserve the game. I realize now that that's out now. Maybe I will play Zelda, but I was just like, I'm gonna cut my hair and fucking. I watch football and shit. Yeah, whatever. Live my life. That's Dope. it. Um, I played. We talked last time about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Splintered Fate, uh, which is the new Apple Arcade game, which is Hades Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles edition. Uh, Played more of that, and this time I played the multiplayer with Dallas and Matt. We jumped in, got our turts together, started bashing Foot Clan and mouses and all this kind of stuff, and it was... was it was a lot of fun to play that kind of thing multiplayer. And I was really curious, like, how's this going to work if it's, you know, a roguelike and one person dies? Like, how does, do they just sit there and watch the whole thing? But it is, you know, like Hades, it is room by room. So if someone dies in a room, as long as the remaining people finish the room, that person then comes back to life with like a quarter health. And so like, oh, that's kind of a cool mechanic. It keeps things moving and keeps people in the game. Uh, and we, we got to the second boss twice and wiped with the second boss having like a fraction of their health left i was like ah dang but it was a lot of fun a lot of fun to play multiplayer and of course the difficulty obviously ramps up the more turtles mm. that you have in there too so is that up to four time. i'm guessing for all What's the four that? turtle boys is yeah, it up four, to four four turtle players? boys yeah man i really want to play that game so bad <laughs> you have no idea yeah. it's so good it's so good last weekend i was in uh burlington vermont and i actually saw a itty bitty baby turtle on the bike path that i was on it was very small but thankfully we were able to get it to the other side safely did you throw it in some ooze so it can grow up to be a fighter yeah. no did we about we, we some we and beach in the head <laughs> we were in vermont state so they only had puddles of ice cream lying around no ooze to be found <laughs> uh so i played that uh, we play oh I, y'all i beat it i beat the game I beat <gasps> Destiny 2. I was waiting for it. Yep. <laughs> You're finally I beat there. Destiny 2. They introduced this season this like guardian rank and it goes all wow. the way up to 11. And uh, to get to stage 11, I think a couple weeks ago I talked about the fact that like you have to solo the latest dungeon and you have to beat 
the raid on master difficulty and about a week ago i did solo the dungeon and it felt fucking amazing but also super stressful and it was like there was one boss fight in the middle of the thing that took me literally 40 like 41 minutes to do of non-stop you cannot die in the middle of this thing and you have to beat it all in one sitting too so i beat that and then came the last thing on this rank was the the, the dungeon or the raid on master difficulty turns out you can just beat the final boss of the, the raid and it still counts so audrey and i audrey you know we're basically the destiny king and queen out there slaying everyone and so we were like let's just we're never going to be able to get our six people together ever again for the rest of our lives because everyone has babies and significant others and lives and no one can get together for more than an hour at a time altogether so we're like all right we're the destiny king and queen we're gonna go just find random people on lfg and we're gonna see how that works out and so we found some people beat our heads against the wall and realize that like man the rest of our crew we are so good <laughs> like these these people who are like relatively high rank people they they seem to know the mechanics of the raid they know the meta of the game they know all the weapons they're just not good at executing it and i never thought that like our clan of like six seven eight people that we play with regularly i never thought that we were like spectacular or like amazing together like we were cool like we have fun and it's a good time but man, playing with all these randos is just like, no, we really are like fucking great at this game and everyone else sucks. <laughs> and so Audrey and I played, we were not going to beat the final boss. And it was like, we were texting each other on the side and in the middle was like, this fucking sucks. I hate this. I hate everything about this. And then like the stars aligned the next day, Audrey and I were going to like f completely give up on it. And the stars aligned and we had everyone together for like an hour and a half. I said, okay. We're going to jump into this thing. Everyone but Joel. We had a fill-in for Joel. We had an Alex. Um, and so we're like, let's run this. I'm going to time box it. I'm going to give us an hour. And if we don't feel like we're making significant progress and we're feeling really good about it at the end of the hour, we're just going to call it. I don't want us like, you know, beating our head against the wall forever. And man, right off the bat, I was like, oh, look at us. We're running the, the boss like doing it all in the first phase without having to wait for the wipe mechanic uh we're we're staying alive pretty well but we just like we couldn't quite get there reliably so i was like nah let's call it let's fucking call it if we had joel there maybe because he for some reason is magical at running one side of that that raid in by himself and so uh yeah we did not do it and then i paid someone in asia 18 dollars, and they did it for me while i slept so i have beat destiny <laughs> i am officially the highest rank that you can possibly what get a, in the game what a sad ending to that story <laughs> oh, um, man. i Did felt you at least... justified because like i could pull off my part the the flaw is in the the objective itself like in order to say that i am like forget the, the label at level 11 but to say that i am an incredible destiny player means i also have to find five other incredible destiny players and get them all together at the same time and do the thing. And it was like well that's not a reflection on me as a player that's a reflection on like how many friends do i have who have free schedules so i felt justified i'm like i did my part i was staying alive i feel like i could have continued to do damage etc etc so like i'll let someone i'll i'll pay the 18 dollars and let someone else get that achievement for me so just for this is only for us but in the in our discord chat i just put in a song to commemorate the end of uh you guys playing destiny together it's a sad song for fast fury 7 when paul walker dies and they give him a tribute at the end that's a song for you guys 
Did Do any credits play when you quote unquote beat Destiny 2? I I don't know because I was asleep. It was oh, two man. in the morning when the guy beat it, so <laughs> you, you totally missed all the post credit scenes. I did. I did. Yeah, Jason but that was great. punching the punching bag and Han shows up at his door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we played Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We talked about that already. I went to go buy this game. Here's now. Here's how Nintendo, they get you. I went to go buy this game, which again is $70. I had previously, Wario64 had tweeted a deal where like, you can, uh, on Newegg.com today, Nintendo gift cards are 10% off. So I was like, cool. I'm getting a little bit of a discount on it. And I went to go buy it and it said, you know, instead of buying this game for 30 more dollars you could just get two nintendo switch vouchers if you're not familiar vouchers are things that you can just redeem for nintendo first party games most of them relatively recent and i was like "Fuck!" for 30 more dollars and i looked through the list of games and i picked up pokemon violet so i finally now have the new pokemon pokemon violet oh. got Do it these... for 30 bucks the caveat uh, being, to use the vouchers, you also have to be a Nintendo Switch Online member, which I was not. So I had to pay $3 to renew mine for a month. So I really saved $27. But uh, yeah, so I've got that. I, I, I'm curious uh, about these Nintendo Switch vouchers. Are, are you allowed to theoretically use them on games that might release on the hypothetical Nintendo Switch successor, or are they exclusive to just nintendo switch games because before you revealed that you bought pokemon i was about to be like you could cash this in for when metroid prime 4 eventually releases because that's probably hopefully on the timeline of things going to be the next major tentpole nintendo AAA game now that tears of the kingdom is out so they have this is the second time they've done the voucher thing in the last few years they have a very specific list of games that you can redeem them i for. see and it includes ones that have already been released and also upcoming releases that have been announced so like okay. you, you've known for a while that you could use it on Tears of the Kingdom or whatever's coming in the in the future. So, uh, but no, Metroid Prime Four was not on that list. Uh, most of the future facing things, I think, I can't remember exactly what was on it, but I think Tears of the Kingdom was like maybe the latest of the things that are available on that list. But, I mean, this time and last time, it was like basically any Nintendo game that you cared about, they had a voucher for. So, okay. So yeah, I'm playing that. I've, I've played it literally only about an hour leading right up to this. In fact, I told y'all I was going to be five to ten minutes late, and it was because I'm at a part of the game that I couldn't save. And then I realized, oh, you can just hit the menu button on the Switch, and it will save your state anyway. So um, yeah, so I played it for an hour. I did not pick up that weed cat or the Donald Trump duck. I got that cool fire lizard kid. Uh, he's my he's my starter. I was very surprised that your rival right off well, – they don't call it her rival, but um, – uh, Nimona, I think is her name. I always say yeah. Neomuna because that's the new planet or the new city on Neptune and Destiny. Mm. Um, but she she does not pick. Usually the story goes, oh, you pick a Pokemon and then your rival picks the one that's going to beat your Pokemon. So I picked Fire Lizard expecting her to pick Trump Duck. And instead she picked Weed Cat. I was like, you stupid idiot. You She's know I'm just going to use Ember on that thing in our very first battle and destroy it. Mm -hmm. And I did. And she was like, look at you knowing your Pokemon types. And I was like, that's right. That's right. People Good really job. love Nimona, by the way. Like, she, like, yeah. kind of blew up when the game released. Because, like, previously the past few Pokemon rivals have been, like, Hop or, like, these characters are just like, oh, man, I'm so excited to be your rival. Just these complete, like, wet fart characters. Nimona, 
Uh, very similar to Hop and these other characters that haven't really done it for people, but she also has that X factor of kind of being a bit of a stalker that's constantly following you all around, and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, man, now this right here is one hell of a character. I am, uh, she, she is an attractive little avatar. I will say that. But um, a couple of things just like that I've noticed right off the bat. One is that, yes, the game has serious performance issues. Like it is still, like it still stutters all the time, even in the first hour that I've played it here. But I am really into the fact that like when you walk by people, like what they have to say just kind of shows up over their head instead of having to like go and press the button and hear everything like so you can kind of see an idea of what they're going to say. But I really do like the, it, it's similar to Pokemon Legends Arceus and uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee where the Pokemon are on the world. But I feel like it even takes it a step further this time where they're not just like roaming around aimlessly up there. Like they're kind of in their natural habitat and doing their own kind of thing. Like you see, there are like four or five little hoppips in little grass area, just like all playing together. And then you mm. can go up and you can just like throw a ball at one of them and fight it. Or there's a, you know, there's a little, um, I forget the name of one of the bird fletchling or something like that. There's a little bird hovering around a tree and then you walk by and get close. And it's like, it comes over to you and it's just like buzzing around curiously. It's like, what are you, who are you human? And it's like, they show their personality a little bit more and you can see that rather than just being a flash on the screen when you're in grass going, blah, 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 Pokemon showed up, kill it. When this so, game came out towards the end of last year, I said that I wasn't going to play it until they like substantially pr improved its performance issues and or the next like Switch model released and drastically gave it the like bumps in processing power that it desperately needs. I feel like at this point, I'm probably just going to have to bite the bullet before either of that happens, given just how much <laughs> it seems like everybody in my life has been enjoying this game and how much I'm missing out on all the cool post-release stuff they've been doing. I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon, though, because I can see myself spending quite a bit of time <laughs> in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I don't know if if it hasn't happened by now. This game's been around six, seven months. I don't know if it's going to happen at all, if there's going to be any kind of significant improvements made to performance or... I haven't had anything game-breaking. Again, it's, I've only played an hour, but it, like all I've noticed really is just like stuttering all the time. That's it. Frame rate dipping like well below 30, like into the, into the low 20s probably um, momentarily as a game, especially as you get like a lot of Pokemon on the screen or something like that, but... So I'm excited to play some more of that. And that's it. That's all I played. And we're going to move now into our quest log. We've got two quests here on our quest log. First is Mortal Kombat 12 rumored details from Andrea Sheeran at IGN. I don't know if I've seen Andrea Sheeran's name on this doc. Maybe once, but probably not. She looks nice. pretty new to me. Andrea Sheeran has joined the battle. Following a tease from Mortal Kombat co-creator Ed Boon, rumors around Mortal Kombat 12 have already started circulating ahead of an official announcement from NetherRealm Studios. Days ago, Boon posted a short video of a ticking clock on Twitter counting down to something, and that something is most certainly Mortal Kombat 12. Now, if you're not familiar, anytime I say combat in this context, it's spelled with a K. That's just a, a trademark of the series. What? The clock, now the clock starts with a C. In this sentence, the clock almost reaches the twelfth hour before an explosion rocket, an explosion of rocket, an explosion rockets it ahead to land on one. Today, another Twitter account posted with previous PSN leaks, Bill Bill underscore Coon, 
alleges that the next Grizzly fighter is titled Mortal Kombat 1. Oh, they're going the Xbox and Battlefield route, huh? Huh? Quote, next Mortal Kombat game from NetherRealm Studios slash WB Games will be called Mortal Kombat 1, following up with a bulleted list of specifics. The next-gen version, plus Nintendo Switch, uh, PC, PS5, Xbox Series, SNX, and Nintendo Switch are the platforms. Uh, the standard version for next-gen is $70. The Switch version, $60. There's a premium version for $110. And there's a collector's edition. The first C in collector's is also a K for $250. That's for PS5 and Xbox. And finally, the tweet also does note an official announcement should be close, and the game is only for this generation of consoles. What if Mortal Kombat 1, much like Battlefield 1, which you just mentioned a second ago, also takes place during the events of World War 1? I? I hope that is the case. I truly do. <laughs> That's what it is. You know what's really funny about this story? First of all, cool. Mortal Kombat, honestly, everything NetherRealm makes is, is banger stuff. So I played all of Mortal Kombat 11's uh, story and DLC. Um, so this, everyone's like, oh, it's 12, but it's going to be 1. It's like, did you guys not play the story mode? Um, light spoilers, but let's just say somebody gets time powers and literally resets the timeline at the end of the video <gasps> game. I think it's actually the end of the DLC. What? It appears as if Did it's they like, DC the universe's The Flash this thing? They're like, he. this person's like, how about we just go back to that first tournament? Boom, and resets the timeline. So this makes sense that it's Mortal Kombat 1, because in the story, somebody literally is like, I'm going to reset time and put it back to Mortal Kombat 1. Cool. I wonder if they get to kill Chaos at the end. Ooh. Chaos? Maybe they are Chaos the whole time. <gasps> oh, Whoa. shit! Mortal shit. Kombat Final Fantasy crossover? That sounds cool. Like, honestly, like that's what I wanted from Dissidia. Let's have Jack Real talk. show up in Mortal Kombat. Real talk. I'm not even joking. I feel like they could put jack garland from stranger of paradise into mortal kombat one and he would fit in perfectly like i think yep. there would be no notes whatsoever i mean some of the rumored characters were like homelander from the boys Ooh, and then there we go peacemaker from of course james gunn's peacemaker um, I would love it's like Homelander, awesome, cool, Peacemaker, awesome, Jack Garland <laughs> from Final Fantasy Origins is also here. But yeah. I mean, he would fit in though. He's he sounds like a Mortal Kombat. Mortal guy. Kombat did previously have like Kratos, for example. So like I wouldn't put yeah. it past him to be like, hey, we're gonna put this video game character in it. Now, to be fair, to be fair, Kratos like a much bigger, more renowned character than Jack Garland, but same level, you know, <laughs> right there. Next up, our next story, our last story. Summer Games Fest Summer Games Fest has some big names showing up. This comes from Jason the Finale from GameSpot. You could tell I was Italian because I was doing this with my hand. Jeff Keighley has announced the full list of partners for this year's Summer Game Fest campaign, which starts on June 8th. Uh, with over 40 developers and publishers confirmed as participants, some notable entries on the list are PlayStation, who has yet to officially announce any showcase or state of play for the summer months. PlayStation has participated in Summer Game Fest Live in the past. However, with The Last of Us Part 1 serving as the final announcement of last year's Summer Game Fest Live broadcast. That's where they announced they were doing the remake. They brought out uh, old boy and old girl on stage and said, Hey, what's mm -hmm. up? This game's real. Look at it. That one also leaked like the morning of too, which sucks. Yeah. But Let me stop you real quick. I know you got okay. it. there's some more stuff to read. This, they're like that there's not been a PlayStation State of Player showcase yet. Again, it's rumored to come at the end of this month. So we're going to get right. a showcase at the end of this month. 
And then Summer Game Fest will probably be like, here's an extra long trailer of something there. Like, it's going to be a continuation of the hype we're going to get a couple weeks, like a week before. Or we all know Jeff Keighley's presentations go a little long. It probably, we're going to end by showing you the first 47 minutes of Twisted Metal. <laughs> 47. No, hold on. We're going to talk for 37 minutes and then show you 10 minutes of Twisted Metal. <laughs> yes. Xbox, which also appears on the SGF list, has confirmed both an Xbox showcase and a Starfield focus showcase for June 11th. So they are doing something else for Summer Game Fest as well. And then some interesting names include Activision, Capcom, CD Projekt Red, Larian Studios, Sega, Square Enix, Ubisoft, and WEB Games, to name a few. Now, here's the thing. I recognize everyone on that list except for Larian Studios. It oh, sounds familiar, The makers of Baldur's Gate 3? The makers, the makers of Baldur's of Gate 3, perhaps? Baldur's, oh, Baldur's Gate 3? Ah, ah, nice, 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 nice. Baldur's Gate Divinity 3. Divinity right, we learned is coming yeah, in August, they, even Divinity, to Divinity, right. Okay. Yeah, one of some of the greatest RPGs of all. This is Adam. Adam put in Larian Studios. This is for Adam. <laughs> but I did highlight WB Games. Like we'll definitely see if we don't get Mortal Kombat at the PlayStation thing, we'll definitely see it at Summer Game Fest. Yeah, they also made the 2008 uh, educational game Adventure Rock, but a rock also that fantastic. goes on an adventure. Ten out of ten. Larian has all bangers. <laughs> By the way, this if you look up the full list, it is like. I mean, it's like E3 got canceled, so everyone is here now. Like, right. legitimately, that 40 names is like, oh, this is everybody. This is everybody that matters. Yep. They literally just, like, copied and pasted, like, the 2019 E3, like, guest list. <laughs> they just copied that over and pasted it and changed the name at the top to Summer Game Fest. That's it. That's the rest of our quest log. And now it is time for a segment from Adam, a segment from Adam, segment from Adam, segment from Adam. Mortal Kombat! All right. This for time. a second, I was like, "What are you? Why are you speaking in that voice?" And it's like, "Oh, Mortal Kombat." <laughs> it's yeah. Mortal Kombat, of course. It's Mortal Kombat. So this week, me and Chad did this last week. We played a little game called mm -hmm. Third Times a Charm. This week, that we're old playing chestnut. Third, that's so great. <laughs> this time we're playing Third Times a Charm, the sequel. So Third Times a Charm two, um, and this week. So last week, we I had a list of the best. Um, trilogies that ended on the xbox one and ps4 generation of consoles this week we're gonna do the same thing except for it's going to be xbox 360 ps3 in the wii and there's a twist because it's the sequel so you got to change it up so hmm. before i get to that i'm gonna go on twitter because i asked people like hey what are some of your favorite sequels from that generation of games before i get to them any i have a list here already of 12 really good ones if you guys can think in your head of like, what was a really good, again, the trilogy ends on that generation of consoles. Do you guys have any in your mind as I look up this tweet? I mean, I may or may not have already contributed to this tweet, so I don't know if I can double dip unless you give me permission to do so. I mean, you can just say it. I mean, it's on the list already, but just go ahead and say it. <laughs> can I say a game that may have been represented in the GIF that was used in this tweet? It's also on the list already. Yes. Okay. Well, I won't say that one then. Uh, the only game I thought of was Pikmin, hmm. but then I remembered, oh, Pikmin 4 is yeah, still Yeah, that coming. was Wii U also. Pikmin 3 was Wii U. Oh, mm. you're right. That's yeah. Wii U. Fuck. So, uh, from the people on uh, Twitter, we have uh, from at Ida Grab Your Gun. It's from Tim from Time to Die. The game he said was Gears. That's already on my list. Very good choice. Um, and then, of course, Cozy said Metroid Prime, which is already on the list. So, I have a list of 12 games here. Okay. And Brian mentioned 
a game that was on my maybe. It was my honorable mention. I'm going to give you my 12, and you tell me if this game that Brian suggested should replace one of those 12. Okay. All right. So I have, again, 12 games that the trilogy ended on that generation of console, 360 PS3 Wii. Bioshock, Mass Effect, Halo, Uncharted, God of War, Metroid Prime, Gears of War, Assassin's Creed, Ezio, Diablo, Max Payne, Dead Space, Dragon Age. Those are the 12 that I have now. He mentioned, and I also had, Resistance. Do you guys think Resistance should replace any of the 12 that I just said? Here's the thing. Calling the Bioshock games from that console generation a trilogy feels like a little bit of a misnomer because Bioshock Infinite is so like thematically and narratively removed from Bioshock 1 and 2. I also is think it? that calling... DLC says otherwise. Is it? Did, did you play the DLC? I mean... Yes, I played the DLC, and I also got to the end of the game, which ties into 1 and 2 a little bit more as well. I also think that Diablo 3 is a weird inclusion on this list as well, just because, like, I didn't get to the end of Diablo 3 and think, oh, man, this is, like, a pretty definitive, like, conclusion to this trilogy. I, I got to that the end of that game, and mind you, I've never played, I've not played any other Diablo games outside of 3, but I got to the end of 3, and I was like, okay, this is the end of this chapter of the Diablo saga for now. You know, yeah, I did put on the list just because it. I'm with you. It's like, I don't know how much connective tissue, but it technically is the third game. And then it landed on that. Technically, it's PC first, but it landed in that generation. I would take so, I would take out Diablo the Diablo trilogy and replace it with Killzone if we want to keep Killzone in here. But I mean, resistance. It's up to you. Resistance. Resistance. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I support that. You want to get rid of. One of the greatest trilogies of all time for <laughs> resistance. I can do that. No problem. We got to get it on there because Brian mentioned no... it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we make sure that we also just mention resistance retribution for the PSP? I mean, that's a game. Yeah. Yep. It, it's no longer a trilogy <laughs> if we're including it. No, that one's not included. Okay. All right. So I have my list of 12. Here's the twist because this is third times the charge of the sequel. 12 games, six matchups. How does that work, Adam, in the tournament? Maybe three host get four games apiece. Oh. We're making what you're going to do is I'm going to give you four you know two matchups you're going to get down to your one and then all of our games go head to head. Now again, we're picking what do you think the best trilogy of games is? Not necessarily like oh the best story like what is the be like if you were like making a yeah. best of list what would go on the list? So you it's know, no longer a bracket, but it's a track it. It's a track it. I don't know how it works yeah. in real life, but yeah. here we are. So we're going to go, Chad, you get to go first. And again, I'm rolling these dice. <clears throat> so mm -hmm. you're going to get mm -hmm. random mm -hmm. game matchups. All right. Uh, one in five. So you get Bioshock versus God of War. Is oh, your first matchup. Okay. Easy peasy. Bioshock, 100%. We're going to tell us why. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is one of my favorite gaming trilogies of all time it has excellent story cool lore it introduced you know like this gun and power gameplay in such a cool way and yeah bioshock and like god of war god of war is fun and it's like epic in those first three games but like it's not it's nothing outside of just like meaningless beating the shit out of gods it's nothing like as significant as god of war 2018 or god of war ragnarok okay Ultimately, it's it's Chad's decision to make, but can I chime in with thoughts of my own? Or? Go for it. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. We're just talking about trilogies, baby. I mean, I would probably also vote for Bioshock over God of War. What I will say, though, is 
God of War 3 definitely ends things on a much more definitive note. You feel like you experience a kind of complete story from front to back, even if that story was a little bit more on the simpler side. Again, I, you know, previously alluded to this, the three Bioshock games don't really feel like they're telling a like single kind of cohesive journey over the course of all three entries, even though there are more connective, there's more connective tissue between the three games. And perhaps I gave them credit earlier, but that's just me. Yeah, I would. I think it's a good choice. Bioshock makes plenty of sense. I will say, though, out of the two trilogies of games, God of War 1, 2, and 3, all excellent. Bioshock 1 and Infinite, excellent. Bioshock 2, not the Bioshock best. 2, I think, I is think underrated, y'all. I would actually put Bioshock 2 above Infinite. But that is Ooh. a discussion for another time. Ooh. Hot take central. All I right, Bioshock roll another 2, yeah, one. Super underrated. Plus, Minerva's Den Bioshock 2 DLC was oh, yeah. just like, DLC also really good. So good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Alex, I'm rolling for your first matchup. Whew. All right, 10 and 11. You have Max Payne and Dead Space. Max Payne and Dead Space. These are both very interesting trilogies because Dead Space, you know, the original, a like classic uh, action horror game. The sequel, Dead Space 2, leans a little bit more into the action side of things, and a lot of people didn't love that, but many people still consider it very good. And then Dead Space 3 leans way too much into the action side of things and is seen as sort of like a, a quintessential example of EA just ruining something that was great. Max Payne, also real interesting because like the first and second games were made by Remedy, then the third game was made by Rockstar, which is sort of something like, I feel like there are very few examples that we can point to in the history of the video game industry of what happened there of like a video game series being worked on by a like mid tier developer, mid tier in the sense, like talking about where remedy was at, at the time that they made those games. And then a developer like even more famous and popular than them, like inheriting that particular franchise. I feel like typically what we see happen more often than not is like a really famous studio births a franchise and then that gets handed down to someone less famous as they move on to greater and greater aspirations. A lot of people really loved Max Payne 3. I know a lot of other people also felt like it kind of betrayed, went against what made the first and second Max Payne games so memorable. Um... Just because I have more experience with Dead Space, I'm just going to go with Dead Space on this one. Support. I've I've never played a Max Payne game outside of the first one on iPad. <laughs> it was not a good experience on iPad. So what an interesting thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, I played uh, Bioshock One on iPad. Not a good place to play Bioshock One. I, I didn't even know that it came iPad. out on iPad. Yeah, it is no longer accessible there. But yeah, it was there shortly. Not very good. All right, I'm rolling for me for my first matchup. Uh, let's see, nine and three. So I have, ooh, sorry, guys. I have Resistance versus Halo. Oh, we know what's uh, going on here. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, if we're talking about first-person shooter franchises, Halo beats the shit out of Resistance in every way. Made first-person shooters on console. Uh, innovated multiplayer matchmaking. All that party system, all that shit came from Halo 1 and 2. Um Three was awesome to play that on the next gen console. Resistance, I like Resistance, but I think by the time two and three came out, like all the steam for that, like people were not super hyped on those. I'll say so, this: uh, yeah. gotta go to Halo. I enjoyed Resistance three more than I enjoyed Halo one, two, or three individually. However, Resistance one and two are like 
I don't know if either of you have played those games recently. Those two games are super inconsistent. There's a lot of cool stuff in them. There's a lot of stuff that is super duper dated. So, yeah, I, I feel like just for consistency and like innovating in the first person sh- sh- uh, blah, first person shooter genre, Halo's got to take the crown. All right. I concur. Chad, doctor. Next one. All right. You've got 10 and 2. 10's gone. So the next closest one is. All right, so you have Assassin's Creed, uh, the Ezio trilogy, okay, versus Mass Effect. Ooh, please don't fuck this up, Chad. <laughs> so Ezio trilogy includes Assassin's Creed Two, Brotherhood, and Revelations, right? Uh, yeah, Two Brotherhood Revelations. Yep. Um, those are like literally the only Assassin's Creed games I've played. So <laughs> perfect. Um, Mass Effect though has like such a legacy and it has you know all those romances you get to go bang people you got great character development side stories and you can bang people you can't bang anyone in assassin's creed although brotherhood has that really cool thing where you can like send people out on missions like that base building type thing from metal gear solid peace walker and Mm. have them come back and like that was really cool and fun if only mass effect had a similar thing in its games oh you know what where you built up a foot it was a third it wasn't an app like it was an app that you had to like send people out and shit it's in, in the Mass game. Effect 3. Well, it's in the game in the remaster, I think. Oh, I haven't played the remaster trilogy yet. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah, this goes to, to Mass Effect. Duh. Yeah, Mass Effect 2 is... I was uh, Mass Effect 2 on its own is better than all three of those games combined. So, Damn. Yeah. yeah. Cannot argue with that. All right. Your next one up, Alex, is 2 and a 12. So, next, so you have Uncharted Trilogy versus Dragon Age. Ooh. Dragon Age is a tricky one because it launched on both gens because it was right right on that line. But I'm including it in this one. So, yeah, Uncharted versus uh, Dragon Age. Uh, I feel bad that I never gave them Dragon Age games a shot back in the day. I played like a couple of hours of Dragon Age Inquisition around when it came out. It was part of like some weird research survey thing at my university back in the day i don't really know what they were even researching they just wanted us to play like the first few hours of the game and i didn't dislike it i mean i feel like i kind of got to give it to uncharted not just because i've played all three of those games but also just because that is a much more kind of consistent trilogy there are fans like Fans exist for every single game in the Dragon Age trilogy, even of two, which at the time was kind of viewed as a little bit of a disappointment coming off of the high of one. But yeah, got to give it to Uncharted. Yeah, as a dude who loves Dragon Age, uh, which I do, I love all those. Ian two was fine. One was awesome at the time. I really like Inquisition, but like Uncharted two, man, that's like one of the best games ever made. It's fucking great. So I don't, even though Uncharted one sucks ass, two and three definitely. <laughs> Or a much bigger improvement. So I, I, I can see why you went that way. Um, so we have one more matchup. Ooh. Why did this fall to me? Metroid Prime versus Gears of War. <laughs> I, I so wanted uh, I so wanted to advance uh, Metroid Prime 3 forward, but I guess it's in your yeah. hands now. It is in my hands. And I... So what I'm going to do on this... Again, I fucking love Gears of War. I've played either one or... I played a Wii Metroid Prime. I don't remember which one it was. All, all of them came to, out on the Wii. Mm-hmm. They so were all on the Wii. It could have been but I played early on, so it had to be one or two. I didn't play it, it, the later if, one. If it was early on, then it had to be three, because the trilogy... Oh, sorry, they were GameCube games. That's right. That's right. right. Um, 
So it must have been three. I'm going to give it to Metroid Prime. Really? Solely based on the fact, yeah, that I was looking. So when I was making the list, there was a list of, like, by Metacritic, what the most popular trilogy of all time was. And I think Metroid Prime was either number two or three on that list. Uh, so even though I haven't played them all, I don't want to hold that against them. Metroid Prime is much beloved. I love Gears of War as well, but I'm just going to have to get Metroid Prime. Like, it's it's beloved and it scored super well. So I don't have to Hell explain yeah. this shit to you. All right. I don't explain anything to you. Shut up. <laughs> I'm happy you, I'm happy you made that choice. Just for you. Not going to happen again. All right. So, Chad, you have the, the tough choice of what are you going to bring to the final thruple? The final threesome? Ooh. Uh, Three-person sex joke. Bioshock versus Mass Effect. What are you going to pick Bioshock, as your winner Bioshock, to go forward? Bioshock, 100%. Can you explain why over Mass it's, Effect? Which... Just because it's one of my favorite game series of all. And maybe my Do favorite you... game series of all time. And so I'm just completely biased on it. Well, you have two amazing games, so it's fine. Do you think, if we pulled this list up to people, you think Bioshock would be the one that would take you all the way? Here's the thing. People forget, one, about Mass Effect 1 and how difficult it is to play. Two, about Mass Effect 2 and how long those elevator rides and, like, exploring... That was Mass Effect 1. Yeah. No, Mass Effect 2 had some elevator rides. Did it? Mass Effect 2 had some elevator rides. I don't remember that anymore. But 2 had some... I never played 1, so... But I definitely was in some elevators, so it had to be in two. Um, and then, like, you know, got to go on the planets and, like, do the little rover around it and find the resource. No, no. Nobody's about that it, shit. It was much Bioshock, improved though. in the remaster, but anyways. Yeah, maybe it was. Again, I've only played the original. I'm, I'm a true gamer, so, like, I've only played the original of all of these things, so. Haven't you played the first one? Dead Space and Resident Evil 4 this year? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> But no, Bioshock, that's fine. No, I mean, yeah, this is completely 100% biased. Like, yeah, I just, I love the world of Bioshock. I love the the story. I love the connections that they have with each other. I love all of it. You have two of the best trilogies on your list, so it's it's hard to do. So, Alex, Uncharted versus Dead Space. Hmm. I mean, I feel like I got to give it to Uncharted. It is, you know, it's interesting. I bet you guys, I bet you guys dollars to donuts that on average, the Dead Space games probably feel better to play in the year of our Lord 2023. And I'm excluding the like recent Dead Space uh, remake game that came out a few months ago. I think that the original Dead Space trilogy games probably feel better to play than the Uncharted games do nowadays. That being said, those Uncharted games, like, you can't beat what those games did for the third-person action-adventure genre, uh, even though I'll, I'll admit that uh, Uncharted 3 was a little bit weak for me. But then again, a lot of people would say that Dead Space 3 was a little bit weak for them as well. So <laughs> I guess things even out. Uncharted advances. All right, very cool. Uh, for me, I have Halo versus Metroid Prime. Sorry, I gotta go with Halo. I know they're both very good. But Halo is the game that uh, I was super into and played a lot of. It is. Metro Prime's fine. So, it is my luck that you had to put Halo against Metroid Prime. Because I can't argue with it, but I would argue to Helen back why Metroid Prime is so Again, much more if, deserving. If you look at that Metacritic list, <laughs> Halo. that Halo trilogy, super fucking high. Uh, but anyways. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people <laughs> with very... Uh, a lot of people with some very opinions. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> no. in the time when it came out it was awesome all right so was we it? have our final three 
Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the uh, reviews back in my, my opinion, so I'm right. Uh, <laughs> all right, so our final three, and then we have to come to this as collective. What Ooh. is the best trilogy? What do we think deserves the, the title of best trilogy that ended on this generation? Bioshock, Halo, and Uncharted. I will go ahead and say, I don't think Halo would be the winner out of the other ones. Just wow. because the idea of a trilogy, again, awesome multiplayer, it did a lot of that stuff. When you're talking about like what's the best trilogy to play, if I was like, hey, this is the best trilogy you need to play right now, a lot of that stuff in those old Halo games, like those multiplayers aren't a thing anymore. So it would be hard for me to be like, well, these games were awesome for multiplayer in the day, but I'm like, if you need to play the best trilogy right now, just the story modes alone, I don't think would beat Uncharted or Bioshock. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't think my game that I'm representing, I'm an awful representative. Love the games. They were awesome. They did so much for the genre. But to be like, right now, what is the best trilogy? I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm not going to vote for Halo. So I'm just putting it out there. You guys have to convince That's me. That's wild, because I was going to concede and say, probably not Bioshock, just because... Really? Why do you not yeah. think Bioshock? Uh, because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm not... I feel like I am in a minority when it comes to that series. And maybe it's a little bit of revisionist history. Maybe it's... I don't know what it is, but especially a Bioshock Infinite. Like, there was someone... John Hansen maybe was talking about this on Twitter the other day. And, like, a few of us found our group of people like, oh, we're the people who really, really like Bioshock Infinite for what it is. But it's got a lot of hatred around it, too. And people just... Uh, especially it's the 10 year anniversary of it earlier this year and just like GameSpot was just like article after article of like this is why 10 years later Bioshock Infinite is trash and it fucking sucks and it was the worst and so I, I had to finally just mute them on Twitter because it was just like every single day they were tweeting trash about Bioshock Infinite I was like I can't I can't take it so I feel like and then of course a lot of people again the, the Bioshock 2 thing it was made by a different studio and they were like uh, I don't know it doesn't hold up as well blah 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 it feels like a, and it was like I'm not going to fight with you What's so, interesting? Yeah, like, go ahead. Public opinion. I don't think Bioshock would. I mean, it, it would be my personal favorite of the three, but I don't think public opinion it would be. What's interesting about this matchup is, in my opinion, it seems like the best game in each respective trilogy occurred at like a different point. With the Bioshock trilogy, I feel like most people would agree that the first Bioshock was the best. With the Uncharted trilogy, I feel like most people would agree that Uncharted 2 was where things peaked. And with Halo, I feel like, especially nowadays, I don't feel like this was all the way, always the case, but I feel like nowadays most people are like, oh man, Halo 3, what a banger. That was the best part of that trilogy and a great end cap to the kind of Halo Bungie-verse. And hmm. that is definitely, I, I've definitely kind of, thought long and hard about that and how that may or may not influence my ultimate opinion here. And I honestly, like, as much as I don't, like, love this trilogy, I feel like for that reason, I actually kind of have to hand it to Halo for kind of managing to end things on as high of a note as it does. But I know that that's only, I mean, that's only throwing more strife into this conversation that is already <laughs> I mean, so fraught to begin with. I'll vote for my own game. <laughs> I'm not going to be <laughs> against it. If you guys were both thinking Halo, I could also agree with my own game. I do, by the way, have the Metacritic pulled up of the best rated trilogies according to Metacritic, which I will talk about after we uh -huh. decide. But if you guys were both leaning Halo and not your games, I'm not going to yeah, be I probably, it. I probably would lean Halo. Just because, uh, speaking of Uncharted, like just how rough Uncharted 1 is to play nowadays. And then like I almost tell people, like start with 2. Start with two. 
And then a lot of people play two and they're like, well, now I'm playing three and three feels a lot of the same. So I'm going to skip to four. And I was like, I mean, I I technically, I prefer three anyway, but like, I get it. Yeah. There's a lot of the same in in three. So like, yeah, one, two and three in Halo feel like a stronger trilogy. All three, I feel like, I mean, as Halo two ends, I think prematurely, but I still feel like it adds so much, like it adds dual wielding guns. It adds the Arbiter, it adds swords and that kind of, like it adds a lot to the gameplay. Um, that I feel like it's still a strong entry in that series. So I I honestly would go Halo, probably. Yeah, and no, I'm thinking about it. those other two have games that are not as well-loved, and Halo 1, 2, and 3 are well loved. so I'm, I'm fine with going with that. So that'll be third time to charm the sequel, Halo, out of the threesome. It's the top. <laughs> it's up there. I, so I guess it is. For, in this yeah, incredibly go. scientific and well-measured yeah, thing process yeah. that definitely doesn't have any imagine flaws more, in the way it was conducted. Imagine how much more difficult that would have been if I chose Mass Effect. <laughs> right. Now, here's the thing. I do have a list. I'm not going to include things that might potentially be on a future version of this game, because maybe there's one more um, generation that this game could work for. What's, what's so funny, Chad? You know, you know what's fucking wild? I don't know why this is the case, but I just mm-hmm. now realized that if I move my mouse on the screen, y'all's voices what are happens? perfectly fine. But as soon as my mouse stands still, y'all turn to robots. That's fucking weird. That's fucking weird. Don't know. Um, so I'm, so I'm not going to include the ones... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to include the ones that might be included in a uh, different edition. But number two... Again, this is Metacritic. These trilogies are the rated best on Metacritic. Number two is Halo at an average of 95. So we technically chose right according to Metacritic. Um, there was a 97, 95, and 94, which is fucking crazy. Number three was Metroid Prime, average of 93. Well-deserved. Um, Well-deserved. Yeah, Gears of War is number four, also with a 93. Mass Effect at number five, also with a 93. Bioshock at number six with a 92. Um, and then after that, Diablo with a 90. And then after that, it's things that aren't, would not be included in this list. Well, Assassin's Creed Ezio trilogy is an 87, but at that point you're, you're below 90. It doesn't matter. So yeah, we, we kind of were picking with where Metacritic was in it. All right. Similar. So, uh, very cool. Again, we have one more potential thing. What do you call them? Generation? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. number one on that list is what would be in the next, if we did another iteration of this game would be what Metacritic says is number one. But anyways, that'll be you for know, another time. That's it. It's not satisfied as I was where it is not satisfied as I was where we ultimately ended up with this. Like going through this segment, I am incredibly nostalgic for the fact that we had a console generation where you could straight up have trilogies of games that were developed and delivered in a, you know, pretty kind of like short amount of time like nowadays like trilogies basically don't exist anymore because by the time that you get to even like the sequel it's already been like half a decade if not more yeah yeah it was I the, actually love that we had a long Co- gener- i'll go ahead Jeff. i i i love that where cory barlog was talking about that with god of war and when they after god of war one came out and god of war ragnarok was in development they asked them they're like is is this the start of another trilogy? And he's like, honestly, it's just going to be two games because if we did three, yep. it would take way too long to tell this story and it would be too much time between games. So like, we're just going to do two. Yeah. I said this generation was perfect because that PS3, 36 generation was like extra long compared yeah. to most generations and games only took two or three years to make. So you could bang out a trilogy. No problem. I think like mass effects, like we're literally like two, two years apart. 
for two and three or something like that. It's crazy. That's it, though. That's my segment from me. It's time for a game on game show. The game on our game show. We play a game called Game on the Game Show on our game show. Game, 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 game. We've got one that might go pretty quick. I feel like it's going to go pretty quickly today. It's called Who's the Most Smartest Person? Uh-huh. Uh, this is a game that we've played before a very long time ago. So probably while neither of you were on the show. And I couldn't remember the name of it. So it is now named Who's the Most Smartest Person? Uh, this is... A game where I will give you, it's its kind of a, it's a competition of sorts, where I will give you a prompt and you have to respond with video games that fit into the category of the prompt. Uh, and the game is you are going, you are ping ponging back and forth, both saying games until one of you cannot come up with an answer. And that time interval where like it's taking you too long to come up with an answer will be determined by me and it is super subjective and I will just eh, you whenever it feel like it's been too long. Or if you say a game that is wrong, if it does not fit into that category, you will also lose and the other person will win that point. Uh, for example, let's say we're starting with Adam and I say the category is games that star Mario. You might say Super Mario Bros. And then Alex now has to say um, Super Mario RPG. And then Adam says uh, Super Mario Sunshine. And then Alex says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Eh, that's wrong. Adam gets the point. So that's an example of how this works. So I've got I've got technically seven things here. If it goes really fast, we might do all seven, but I'm thinking we might do just five. What questions do you have before we begin the game? I think I'm good. I okay. think I'm good as well until I inevitably make a mistake and lose points. Here's the thing. If you all say something that does not fit it, but I don't know and I don't catch it, you get you get away with it. If the other person catches it, though, and they want to challenge it, then we can resolve it by, by like, looking it up and figuring it out. And if the, the person who challenged it was wrong, they lose the point. So okay. keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. All right. The first one, we're going to start with Alex. The first one is games whose title has the word dragon in it. Dragon Age. All right. Dragon Age 2. All right. Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon's okay. Dogma. Dragon's Dogma 2. I don't know if there's a Dragon's Dogma 2 out. There is. Yet. Well, I mean, it's not out, but it does exist. What the? Uh, so how does that work, Chad? If it's announced but not out. Well, let's 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 find out first of all. Dragon's Dogma 2. It doesn't even exist. Is it coming out, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Uh, January 22nd, 2023. Everything we know so far about Dragon's Dogma 2. So yeah, it does not look like it is out yet. But it is real. So. It, it's They're not speaking from a place of speculation. It was announced like a couple of months ago. Okay. okay. So here's what we're going to do for this one. Because I have extras, we're going to call this one a draw. Okay. Okay. Going forward, games that are in development do count. Okay. okay. The games that have been announced that are in development do count. Uh, but they have to have a they have to have a title announced. So like you cannot say untitled dragon game from Microsoft. <laughs> so I could have said Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Gotcha. <laughs> Correct. Um all right. First real category, post draw. Game where cooking oh sorry, this one is gonna start with Adam. Game where cooking is a featured mechanic. Cooking mama. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Tears of the Kingdom. Pokemon. 
Cooking Mama 2. Gotta be more specific than just Pokemon. Can you choose one? Pokemon Sword and Shield. Sorry, Cooking Mama 2. Okay. Ah, Time's up. All right, that one goes to Adam. Uh, Number three. Alex, you're going to start this one. Games that include driving or piloting a vehicle. Grand Theft Auto 3. Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Grand Theft Auto 4. Grand Theft Auto 5. Grand Theft Auto 1. Uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto GVA. Uh, the Crew. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. The Crew 2. Formula 1 Racing. Forza Horizon. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Forza Horizon 2? Uh, Forza Horizon 3. Forza Horizon 5. Forza Horizon 4. <laughs> Forza Motorsport. Forza Motorsport 2. <laughs> Gran Turismo 3. Banjo-Kazooie Nets and Bolts. Uh, you can have it. <laughs> he threw okay, me off okay. my game. He threw me off my game by saying Banjo Kazoo. All right, I, don't, I didn't know what to do. So, all right, so we're tied now. Number three. This one starts with Adam. Um, game currency that isn't called money or gold. Rupees. Money spelled M-U-N-N-Y from the Kingdom Hearts series. I'll take it. Credits. Cookies. Ah, time's up. <laughs> what uses cookies? Cookie clicker. This was from oh, Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rafferty. Oh. You remember? Remember? Cookie Cookie clicker. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember. It was, it's the spiritual successor to Comp Jump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, sorry, I, I totally blacked out. Who won that one? Two for Adam. One for Two for Alex. Adam. Okay. One draw. All right, we'll do uh, two more. Uh, game with... Sorry, who starts this one? I totally forgot. Uh, it'll probably be me, me because I think he okay. started last round. Okay, Got go it. for it. All right, Alex. Game with a default female lead character. No character creators are allowed. Metroid for NES. Horizon. Metroid 2, Samus Returns. Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> Metroid 2 Return of Samus for the original Game Boy. <laughs> Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. Metroid Prime 3. What's its full name? Don't care. <laughs> uh, Metroid Dread. Um, let's see. Everything I'm thinking uh, is character time's creators. Up. Time's up. Yeah. Alright, y'all are tied at two each. This is the final one. Tiebreaker. Starting with Adam. Mm. Game where the main playable character wears some kind of head covering. Is it just like clarification? Is that hats, helmets, just anything that would go on hats, your head? Helmets, burka, whatever it is. Doom. Hijab. Yep. Go. Metroid 1 for the NES. Doom 2. <laughs> Metroid 2. Samus Returns. Doom 3. Metroid 2 Return of Samus for the Game Boy. <laughs> Doom 64. Super Metroid. 
uh, Doom 2016. Metroid Zero Mission. Doom Eternal. Metroid Fusion. Halo. Metroid Prime 1. <laughs> Halo 2. Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. Halo 3. Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Halo 4. <laughs> Metroid Other M. Halo 5 Guardians. Uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force. <laughs> Halo Infinite. <laughs> Metroid Dread. Um, Recore. Mass Effect 1. Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect Andromeda. The next uh, uh, Mass Effect game that doesn't have an official title yet, but is real. I'll What's take it. I'll this? take it. You're going to give it to him? Yeah, because, because the prompt does not have specifically anything about the title in it. We're fine. Okay. All right. Um, San Andreas. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Tears of the Kingdom. The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Ocarina of Time. The Legend of Zelda okay, Majora's Mask. Draw. <laughs> I was like, eventually they're going to get to end one of these franchises and they're gonna, we're going to call that a draw. We've got one more here that we'll use as a tiebreaker. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> this one, I'm not going to assign someone to start, but whoever like shouts something out first, you get to start. Game where you get to pilot a mech of some kind. The Legend, of, the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Armored Core 2. Armored Core 3. Armored Core 4. Armored Core 5, uh, Fires of Rubicon, or whatever it's called. That's incorrect. That's We've an incorrect challenge. Title. We've got a challenge. Armored Core You, you know the part five. at the end where I said, or whatever it's called, I, I didn't mean that to be part of the title. No, it's Fires of Rubicon is 6, not 5. Is it? Mm -hmm. Armor Core 5 is just called Armor Core 5. Armor Core 6 is called Fires of Rubicon. You yeah, have mixed up two games, six Alex. of those dumb games? You have lost this game and my respect for the rest of your life. <laughs> Damn it. I should have said, what, what was the other mech game we were talking about? I had a bunch. I have Mech Assault, Mech Warrior. The one from Capcom. So many my... Lost Planet. <laughs> lost Planet. Lost Planet. <laughs> one, two, and three, baby. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it for Game on Game Show. And we have now learned that Adam is the most smartest person. Don't uh, you know? Don't you know? That's, uh, by the way, if you have not seen the, sh the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous, that is that is what I'm quoting. Oh, oh, who's the most smartest? Oh, you're the most smartest? Really? All you're right. going to say most smartest? Uh, that's it for our show, episode 308 of Respawn Aim Fire. You've got homework first is go watch Raph Pretty. Raft Pretty is something that is out right now for those who subscribe on patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. And it is maybe our best piece of content we've ever put out. It is, it was a fun ass time. It was super high production quality. Go check that out. It is exclusive to Patreon members until June 1st, after which it will be replaced with another Raft Pretty that is exclusive to Patreon members while the other one becomes available to everyone else. So go check that out. While you're on patreon.com slash respawnamefire, you are allowed to vote on barf games and have a significantly increased weight of your vote versus those people who vote on Twitter. So uh, that vote will be coming up in the, in the next week or two for whatever we're going to be playing in June. But for the month of May, we are playing. You have voted. It is Minute. Technically, you all voted, and you didn't vote in any way that mattered, and so we decided we're playing Minute as a tiebreaker. Um, so we're playing Minute, M-I-N-I-T. 
Uh, it's available on everything you want it to be except for Vita. So go play that. It's going to be a very short game. It seems like it's under two hours, uh, maybe under four hours for the Platinum Trophy if you're playing it on PS4. And uh, I don't know what the fuck measurement system they use on Xbox. Where you get like a, I don't know, a, a mouse or a mechanical keyboard. What's the, what's the equivalent of getting a Platinum Trophy on, on Xbox? Yes, they, sh they ship you mechanical... You, they ship you mechanical keyboard every time you 100% a game. I've got like 10 of them over here. It's great. great. Click, clack, clackety, clack, clack, clack. Perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, so go play that. And if you want to talk about it on the show with us, uh, let us know. If you have thoughts on it, you just want to email, you can do that. If you want to be on the show as a guest, you can do that as well. And that's it for this week's episode. I want to say thank you to uh, this person who has stood in for Adam, who is just constantly brushing his beard. Thank you for being on the show. You were a great replacement for him. Thank you. Couldn't My name is Mike. Almost. I'm here to hang out <laughs> in Adam's place for the future. Thank you, Mike. Uh, we also want to say thank you to Alex, our RAF regular, for being on the show again this week. Thank you, Alex. Where can folks find you thank if you they guys. want to follow you? You can find me over on Twitter at Alex Kazina. And let me tell you, I have some very cool stuff, very cool stuff in store for our next installment of Rafferty. Yes, that's right. Our next uh, monthly rotating segment is going to be another installment of Rafferty. And y'all should look forward to it. And I'll say that much. Oh, I can't freaking wait. Hell yeah, that's badass. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. The sound of a goldfish bag getting crinkled in the microphone. <laughs>